0: People tend to save more when they look at photos of themselves, like age photos of themselves. So trying to meet your future self, because actually you can't really connect with who you're going to be in 20 years, in 30 years. So what's the point of saving for this person that you've never met? You don't know who they are. You don't know where they live and stuff like that. And actually, because we don't know this person, I will tend to postpone making the, these important financial decisions for my future, for example, investing and in pension, and tend to go more for like instant gratification.
1: I'm Emily Bellet, the founder of Vespard, a thriving community that financially empowers women, author of Your non and, and host of The Wallet. This episode is a recording of the Pensions Online event we hosted on June 30th, 2021. I was joined by the wonderful Emma Maslin, Nina Mohanty, Romy Savova, and Viviana Dehosson, and we chatted about a range of topical issues regarding our pensions. We talked about meeting our future selves and learning about their lives, and how doing this should help us prioritize our future needs over opting for instant gratification. We also discussed how to calculate our pension pot goals, how to get clear on where our money is invested, and how to move it if it's not aligning with our values. Finally, we know the pension gap is a challenge affecting women in retirement, so we look at practical and hands-on ways to boost our pension savings. You can check out the written summary of the event, as well as the icebreaker activity that features our very glamorous elderly photos on Vespot.com. I hope you enjoyed this recording. I also wanted to say a quick thank you to our sponsor Pension B. Pension B has helped over 500,000 customers be pension-confident. It enables savers to take control of their finances by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan, managed by some of the world's biggest money managers. Pension B are also offering you a £25 pension contribution, £20 plus £5 in tax relief when you sign up. To claim this offer, follow the link in the podcast description. With PensionBee, you can manage your pension in a few clicks. Check your real-time balance, see your projected retirement income, and set up contributions and withdrawals effortlessly. Plus, you'll get human support from your very own UK-based account manager, or as PensionBee calls them, beekeeper. As always, with investments, your capital is at risk. And please note that the information made available on this podcast is provided for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. If you have any questions you should seek advice from an independent financial advisor. Also, if you're investing money, make sure it's for the long term and you understand what you're investing
2: in.
0: So hi, everyone. It's amazing to see you today for this lunchtime session. So I'm Emily Bellet. I'm the founder of Vespa, the author of You're Not Broke Your Pre-Reach. And I'm really happy to welcome you to this event today. Vespod is your community. It's a place where we talk openly about money, openly about finances, and I would have loved to see you all in person today. But actually, I quite like these online gatherings because they're really inclusive, and it also allows me to have a lot more people in the room. So Vespod started really as a weekly newsletter, and it's now a community with you know tens of thousands of women. Who want to learn about money. We organize workshops, classes, and we literally have one goal is to make sure women are financially secure. So today, as you know, we're going to be talking about pensions. And often we think pensions is a complicated subject. We think that, yeah, I have plenty of time to think about my future, about saving money, but then life gets complicated we grow older we have other priorities we're all like super busy there's a pandemic and then we realize oh i should have started saving money years earlier but how do we actually keep track of you know these pensions actually sure we have enough for retirement i'm just going to give you like a few statistics now they're a bit depressing uh, but then they're out of the way and we can focus on the positives. Women's pensions hold around 40% less than those belonging to men, and according to pension B. This pension gap only increases with age. So, you know, there's the gender and ethnicity pay gaps, you know, playing against our pensions, the fact that women are still the primary carers. We talk about the motherhood penalty, the lack of affordable childcare, and also women maybe not investing as much money as men, but we are also great investors. So to tackle this like complicated subject, today I invited four guests. I know them all really well. So it's gonna be know, an amazing and empowering conversation. And they all come from, you know, different experiences, different backgrounds, and they're gonna share their personal stories, but they also experts in their field. So for me, it was important to have some women from the Vespot community, such as Viv and Nina, but also experts like Emma and Romy, who can talk about pensions and the structural issues. So they will introduce themselves, but very briefly, Vivi, she is a full-time employee. She's a senior account manager for PitchBook, and she will talk about her own experience managing a pension in the workplace. Then we will have Emma talking about, you know, Pension 101. What's a pension? How much money you need? Investing ethically. So Emma is a financial coach. She's a therapist and she's also the founder of the Money Whisperer. Then I will invite my friend Nina Mohenti. She's the founder of Blue Money. She left her full-time job. So we're going to talk about pensions, but in this, you know, transitions in life, what happens when, if, if I want to do that, how I prepare for these things in life, these different challenges. And Nina will also talk about how to save and how to repay debt. And finally, Romy, the CEO of Pension B, will join us. She's the queen bee of pensions. You couldn't have any better guests in this session to talk about pensions. And with Romy, we'll talk about the structural issues that I just mentioned and how you can tackle your retirement savings. So just to remind you, this is not financial advice. We're not financial advisors. We're not here to give you advice on your personal circumstances. It's just education, a lot of fun. I hope it's empowering. Uh, remember that with pension, with investments, your capital is at risk, you know, markets go up and down. So just, just bear that in mind, but we'll give you like a few tips and guidance today to make your investment journey and your pension journey a bit easier, uh, hopefully, for, for the long term. And now I need also your help and I want you to do like a fun exercise. So we had a lot of fun with, with my guest today preparing something for you. And I hope you'll find it funny because it was also a bit depressing. So actually, I was watching this uh, documentary on Netflix. I'm not sure you've seen it. It's called Explain About Money. And they have one episode about retirement. And in this episode, they talk about this piece of research. And it's actually by the Harvard Business Review. It's called You Make Better Decisions If You See Your Senior Self by Hal Hirschfeld. And it's saying that people tend to save more when they look at photos of themselves, like age photos of themselves. So, trying to meet your future self, because actually, you can't really connect with who you're gonna be in 20 years, in 30 years. So, what's the point of saving for this person that you've never met? You don't know who they are, you don't know where they live, and stuff like that. So, I've been doing this exercise. So, I hope you're ready. This is me, actually, in 30 years' time. So, <laughs> this is one of the best photos I could find. The, the authors were really awful. But it was so weird for me to actually meet myself in like 30 years time and think about like, who is this person? She's a stranger, but actually I will be this person and I need to start saving and I need to you know, maybe think about my pension now. And actually, because according to this research, because we don't know this person, I don't know who I am. I will tend to postpone making that, these important financial decisions for my future, for example, investing and in pension and tend to go more for like instant gratification. So today with my guest, we're going to explore the subject of thinking about about our future self. And they also gave me the the authorization to publish their own picture. So please meet my guest today. (laughs) They're all here. Uh, I think they all look amazing. But basically, this is us in like 30 years time. So we're going to talk about, you know, the journey and what retirement should look like. And I'd like you all to please either close your eyes for like 45 seconds. Or just, you know, pick a piece of paper and start writing about, you know, you, your future self. What is your life? What are you going to wear? How are you going to look like? Where are you going to live? What's your style? And really try to connect with your future self. I'm sure it wasn't easy. I mean, I know for me it wasn't easy. So I use this app called Face App. You can do that online. But for me, that was really, you know, a good way to, to, to try to connect with myself. So. Now we're going to start and I wanted to ask Vivi my friend Vivi to come because we're going to chat about her pension journey and feel free to share in the chat about like your first impressions of you know seeing yourself or like visualizing yourself a bit older than now today but Vivi if we start with you
2: hello hello maybe you can tell me how you feel <laughs> how do you feel about retirement and this whole exercise oh, so it's so funny seeing yourself age You know, we all know it's a reality getting older, but actually seeing it visually, eh, I was just like, oh, interesting. Well, I think I'll age quite gracefully. So (laughs) no real complaints there. My grandma looks so young. So I think if I've got her as president, then I'm in a good position. But thinking about retirement, so I just did the exercise you told us to do, you know, taking a moment and thinking about where do we want to be in our retirement? And the first thing I wrote down was living comfortably. I want to have a comfortable life, you know, and I want freedom, you know, more so in the respect of not having to worry about, okay, what what, um, do I need to do here? What bills do I need to pay? But just having that comfort and security and that I can be financially independent. I don't have to work beyond my, you know, my retirement age or anything like that if I didn't want to. The option for me is very important. But also... Having multiple income streams still would be something I think of importance to support myself, my family and things that are important to me. So when I think about retirement and what what the legal age now or recommended age is 55 confirmed to move to 57 in 2028, we don't know if that's going to get any higher in the years to come. But uh, in my family, women live till well into their late 90s. So when I think about that, it's like, gosh, there's forty years plus that I need to account for and solve for when it comes to how am I going to live, right? So, when I think about life that way, I think about well, the choices I make now are definitely going to impact my future. So it's I would say the last year, probably the pandemic, has given me a lot of time to think about where I am in my life at the moment. Also, turning going into my my thirties as well, I think sort of just has shifted my mindset into what am I doing financially, you know, mentally, health wise, where am I, am I happy and where do I need to improve? So a lot of those things and themes have coming to my thought process around retirement and the life I want to leave moving forward.
0: And actually we've been, we've been chatting before because I mean, you're a full-time employee. So for you, you have your workplace pension, so it's, you know, all automated, but how do you sort of, you know, plan for your pension and what is your
2: main you know your main challenges around saving for your for your future my gosh can I be honest so (laughs) I would say earlier my my journey my career journey so let's rewind all the way back to 21 or so I didn't really pay much attention to, to my pensions if I'm being completely transparent like you'll have those workshops and and things that the company would host and encourage you to attend those sessions but I never prioritized it I would say when I really started thinking about my pension, I was around 25, 26. So that was a good couple of years that I really didn't capitalize on the free money, basically, that your employer contributes to your pension pot. And for for the company that I was working with at the time, they had a really beneficial scheme in that you can put up to, I think it was 7% or or 6% at the time, and they will will double the match. So, you know, for every 6% you put in, they would put 12%. Which is super, super favorable and beneficial, especially when you consider compounding interest over time. So I got into the game for that anyway, a little bit late, but even so, starting from 25, 26 till to present day, that's still a good chunk of money that I've been able to put or contribute towards my pension over time. Um, so I started attending those events and learning a little bit more about how does that even work. And you know, those resources are there. So for any employees like myself, definitely being clued up on. What is our benefits package or our pension scheme? You know, who is our current provider at the moment? Those are things that you can source from HR, which is something that I did. I just wanted to be very quickly clued up on who's our provider, you know, what, what are their rates? What funds are they investing in? And if if you are savvy or, or interested in, you know, what capital where they're investing your capital, those sort of documents and resources are available to you upon request. So I definitely went down that rabbit hole of trying to understand where my pension was going, and assessing the risk as well, because you do have the option of saying that you want a low risk type of investment or higher risk. And typically, it's recommended the the younger you are, the higher the risk, because then you can benefit um, over a longer period of time for a higher return. The older you are, they typically advise for more conservative investing. So I, I, I would say that for the last 10 years or so, I've been looking into to that and really trying to understand my pension position as well I did actually reach out to an independent financial advisor because I feel like I had a number of pension pots out there in the atmosphere so we had to go through the exercise of of really figuring out what pension pots do I have there and then me making a decision on whether I wanted to consolidate or leave those pension pots separate because they may still be benefiting from legacy benefits that may not be the case if I was to consolidate
0: thank you Viv and just finally can I ask you you know how do you organize your finances and decide maybe you know I'm going to increase my pension contribution or this month I'm going to maybe save into an ISA or like do different things with uh, with my money yeah
2: I mean as a rule of thumb I, I keep it quite simple so I look at my income and I try and split it into percentages so you know my outgoings would be sort of my core expenses but then when it comes to saving all right I want to commit to x percent going into short-term goals or long-term goals or travel god willing when that comes back again miscellaneous and that would be just for things that I want to do to treat myself because I do feel like while it's good to set yourself up for the future, you also need to live in the present as well. Something my grandma kind of imparted on me a long time ago, you need to live life and enjoy. So I definitely try and do that. And then also, I was some recently I was toying with the idea of a self-invested pension plan to supplement what I get from my auto-enrolled workplace pension. So those are sort of the things that I've been exploring and working through when I think about my finances and specifically my pension.
0: Vivi, thank you so much. It was nice and short, but you have a final tip for us uh, at the end of the session. Um, And now I'm going to ask Emma to join us. Hi, Emma.
3: Hello. How are you? I'm great, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah. So how do you feel about seeing your future self, Emma?
3: Um, Well, she's not very pretty. I think I need to divert some money that's going into my pension into some face cream, I think. (laughs) (laughs) but certainly I am a financial coach, so I do a lot of work with people thinking about their future selves because it's very easy for us to get wrapped up in the moment. I personally am very invested in my future. I have a little bit of history around my own pension, which meant that when I took time out to care for my children when they were little, I stopped my pension contributions. Now, that's had a, a detrimental effect on my pension pot My husband and I had the same size pot when we were 30. We're now 40 and his is double the size of mine because of some of the choices that I made in my in my 30s. So I'm very focused on that future me and who I want her to be and the choices that I'm making around what I'm doing with my money.
0: Thank you Emma and today you're going to give us like an overview of you know what what is a pension sort of a you know pension 101 so if we just start with, you know, what are the different types of pensions maybe? And maybe some people don't know here, but, you know, pensions tend to be invested in the stock market. So how, how do pensions actually work?
3: Yeah, great. So a pension really is um, a pot of money that enables you to um, draw an income when you stop working. So whilst we're of working age, we trade our time for money we go to work and we receive an income but what happens when you want to stop working you need a pot of money to provide you the funds to enable you to continue to live the lifestyle that you want to live that's what a pension is it's as simple as that now if you're in Emily's world you'll know uh, the foundations of investing if you're familiar with investing in an ISA for example a pension is no different you're investing in the same things if you think about a cup of tea and a cup of coffee you might have your tea in a pink pot you might have your coffee in a in a um in a blue cup the cups represent the isa and the pension you know it's just the wrapper around which sits around the investments inside it. Now, with a pension, obviously that the the investments that sit in there are protected from you taking them out until you need them in the future. Now, looking at the different types of pensions that are out there to debunk a bit of the uh, the jargon out there, we'll start with the state pension, which is quite easy because most people have heard of the state pension. So when you reach 67 years old currently, and, you know, for many of us that might be pushed even later by the time we get to that sort of age, um, you can start drawing down the state pension. As long as you have contributed national insurance for at least 10 years and a maximum of 35 years of qualifying contributions are needed for you to draw the full state pension now the state pension is not actually a lot of money at the moment it sits at £9,339 a year which is about £179 a week so have a think about what you could do on £179 a week it's not a lot okay so that's where the other pensions have to come in And what I really want you to take away from today is the importance of looking at what the other options are. They aren't mutually exclusive. You can have all the different forms of pension. And Vivian was just talking there about how she's exploring looking into personal pensions. Just because you have a workplace pension does not preclude you from having a personal pension. And that's something people often don't appreciate. So the workplace pension, if you are employed you will, by and large, as long as you fit the criteria, which is over earning over about £10,000, uh, you will be auto enrolled into a workplace pension. This is great. I mean, this didn't used to happen. And actually, I lived in Australia for um, a number of years in my 20s, where they have compulsory superannuation, which is similar to our pension scheme. Um, and it's great, it forces people to, to save. And that's what the government was wanting when auto enrolment was brought in. Um, it, it forces us to opt out of saving into a pension. So my advice to you would be very, think very, very hard about um, considering opting out. The fact that you're auto enrolled in is a really, really positive thing. It means you don't have to tick any, any pieces of paper. You don't have to do anything. You just, you just sit back and relax and know that it's working for you. So what does it mean? Um, When you're automatically enrolled into your workplace pension, you'll be contributing a minimum of 8% of your um, earnings into your pension each month. That comes 5% from you and a 3% employer contribution. Now that is a minimum and a lot of workplaces offer um, different incentives to get you to contribute more. Um, As Vivian said, you know, some um, will will match what you contribute, some might even contribute more than you contribute. So it's a great way to really bump up what's going into that pension pot of yours. And then personal pensions. So really, these are um, just pensions that you arrange yourself. Um, Especially good if you are self-employed and you don't have a workplace pension available to you. The difference between um, the last two is that at the moment they're accessible from age 55. um, That's jumping up to age 57 from 2028. But if you think about um, the state pension not being available for another 10 years on top of that, it's really great to think about, you know, what, what is it? When do you potentially want to be able to stop working? And if that is before you're 67, you need to have some pot of money there available to be able to do that.
0: I wanted to ask you, you know, why. The next question is why, actually, save for pension, and and how much like should we be saving? And again, like you can't answer, you know, very specifically. But what are some of the, you know, the guidelines?
3: Yeah. Well, I've already told you how much the state pension is. It's not enough to live comfortably on just over nine thousand pounds a year. Um, which actually do a really great piece of research every year, and and the most recent research has shown that. Couples need £26,000 a year to live a comfortable retirement and £41,000 a year if you want to include things like a long haul holiday every year and a new car every five years. So we need more money than the state pension offers us. Now, there are some really great incentives on offer to get us saving into a pension. First one is free money. So if you are auto-enrolled in a workplace pension screen, your your employer will be giving you free money into your into your pension. That is not to be laughed at, because right now we've got savings um, rates on the high street that are not far off zero. Um, there's nowhere where you can get free money. It's, it's a great product, the pension. Um, so please consider that, even though it's for it's free money for future you it is such a massive deal to have money going in that doesn't cost you anything. And on top of that, there are tax advantages as well. So for every every 80 pounds that you put into a pension pot, you will be given 20 pounds from the government in what we call tax relief. Now that's for basic rate taxpayers. There are even more advantages if you are higher or an additional rate taxpayer. So again. That is free money for you. Now, comparing that to what's on offer on the high street at the moment, um, there's no way you can go and get a 20% immediate return on your money. So, pensions are such a fantastic tool for really bumping up our savings. Now the question of how much should we be saving into our pension? Now that is a how long is a piece of string question because it very much depends on your age that you are now and how much you've saved up to this point. So the general rule of thumb is that you want to be saving about 15% of your after-tax income into retirement savings. Now, obviously, if you are a bit older, and you haven't saved much in your younger years, that will need to be more. But just as a rule of thumb, we're looking for about 15%. Now, most people, and this is actually, it's a really interesting piece that I end up doing with a lot of my clients. Um, Emily, you asked us all to think about what that life looks like when we're old and when we're in retirement. What are we doing? Where are we living? Who are we spending our time with? Most people tend to overestimate how much money they're going to need to live on in, in their retirement because we base it on our needs right now. But if you think about that person in the future, hopefully you will have paid off your mortgage by that time. Um, if you've got children, they will have grown up, flown the nest. Um, you know, the, the the huge expense of children will have gone. Um, so there are material Um, expenses in our younger life that don't exist in in retirement. Now, there's some that pop in, in, in in exchange for those, you know, you might take on new hobbies, and you might have new expenses around those. But actually, for most people, their retirement budget is about a half to a third of the final salary that they were on when they were working. So it can be a really interesting exercise to go and explore what actually your life will kind of cost you um, into the future. And then when you've got that number, you want to times that by 25. And that gives you a rough rule of thumb as to the size of the pot that you want to end up with when you retire. Now, for some people, that will be a shock. <laughs> it, it will be a big amount of money. But don't forget that the state pension, as long as you have paid into the state pension for your 35 years, that will cover some of that. Um, but it gives you a really good goal to be aiming for in terms of how much do I need to be putting in now to enable me to get that much money? And actually, I think we're going to drop in some links. We can certainly drop in the pension B retirement planner link where you can pop in the size of your pension pot right now, what monthly contributions you and your employer are looking to make, and it will plot out for you how much that means that you'll have at the end of the day when you're looking to retire. And you can can flex the numbers around your age now and the age that you might want to retire. Uh, But it's a great way of starting to play around with thinking, am I paying enough money in myself based on my individual circumstances right now?
0: Yeah, thanks, Emma. I completely agree with you with, you know, the retirement calculators. Thanks for giving, like, you know, guidance and ballpark number. It's super useful. But again, really, like, based on your personal circumstances, I see, you know, Laura saying, you know, what if you care for a disabled child and this cost will only increase with time. So try to think about, you know, all these, these assumptions. And I know, Romy, you will talk about that also um, a bit later, like, how much do we need when, when we retire? Emma, there was one last thing I wanted you to discuss is about investing in an ethical way. Ethical investing is, is becoming quite a big thing, and especially for women. There's a lot of interest in, you know, where are we actually putting our money? So, you know, we save a lot of money. They go into these pension pots. These pension pots are invested via funds, uh, you know, in the, in the stock market but we want to know where our money is going and i thought maybe that's the extra motivation also to think about how can we make an impact with with our money so if you can you know spend a few minutes uh talking about ethical investing that would be that would be great please
3: yeah I think you make it, you make such a good point you know as women we we can be really passionate about the things that are important to us what we value in life and certainly I've seen people making a conscious effort around the food that they're buying and people moving into vegetarianism veganism changing the way that they travel reducing flying reducing the the carbon emissions out there but actually Those changes that we make, we can have a huge, huge, much more multiplied impact by using the power of our money. There are 2.6 trillion pounds invested in the UK in pensions right now. And some of that money is invested in fossil fuel companies, tobacco industry, arms, gambling, deforestation. By voting with our feet and making sure that the money that is in our pensions is only accessible by companies that are very much aligned to our values, that's an amazing way that we can really make a difference in the world that we're living in at the moment. Somebody's just dropped in, in the chat box, Make My Money Matter campaign. Yeah, that's it's, it's an amazing campaign that's been fronted and launched last year by Richard Curtis, the filmmaker and CEO of Comic Relief. They're doing a huge amount to help people really understand how they can vote with their feet on their website. And we can certainly drop the link to that in here as well. They provide guidance around how you can speak to your HR department, how you can find out what your pension is invested in. Go and have that conversation with HR. If you can't have the conversation, they've got a template for you to send to to find out exactly what your pensions invested in. And then you've got the option to to decide, you know, is that in line with with the type of person I am, what I value and the world that I want to to be out there? You know, for me personally, uh, my children have been a huge influence in how I have changed where all of my my money is invested over the last probably 18 months. I swapped my pension into the Pension B Fossil Fuel Free Fund, which launched at the beginning of this year. You know, they are very environmentally aware. They come home talking about, we sat at breakfast this morning and there were three bananas and, and um, Arabella, my youngest, said to me, Mummy, do you know that one in three bananas comes from fair, from fair trade? And I said, oh, do you think you've got the fair trade banana or the, not, or the not fair trade? You know, they're so aware of it and I want them to grow up in a world where the money that I'm putting away for me and for them is creating the type of world that they want and a big part of that is making sure that it's not my money is not invested in companies that are doing harm in terms of of what we want so what can you do I would suggest that going and having a look at what your pension is invested in Now that might be hard. There's a lot of jargon in there. And a lot of people might say, well, I don't really understand what I'm looking at. If you're in a workplace pension, have a have a chat with your HR department. See if there is an ethical fund. See if there is a sustainable fund. See if there are options for you to move your money. If there aren't, have that conversation. Why not? You know, why when we have this huge power, why can we not invest through our workplace pensions in funds that are Meaningful for us. A really, really great TED talk. It's by um, an oncologist in Australia. She realised when she was um, when she was studying oncology that actually her pension fund was investing in tobacco companies, and it really set her mind going around going to work every day to help people who have developed cancer, and yet my salary is paying into my pension fund that is supporting the companies that are causing this issue. So it was just such a mind blower for me in terms of we really need to be aware of what we're doing. And whilst our pensions are kind of this abstract concept in the background, actually, they have huge, huge power to do good. So let's work with that. Women, especially. I think we're we're very much aligned with our values. So do take away today having a look at where your pension is right now and trying to understand what the options are for you.
0: Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you for this, uh, you know, pension. Like 101 in 50, 15 minutes, and you have a final tip for us that you will give us at the end, at the end of the session. Thank you, Emma. Uh, Nina, are you here? <laughs>
3: well, hello. <laughs> hello, Nina.
0: How are you? So you know, Hi, Nina. Too. Yeah, Nina is my friend. She worked in fintech for for a long time. She's a you know, a financial inclusion advocate, part of the Vespot community for you know for a long time. She just launched her business, and we've had all this conversation about you know debt and saving and launching a business and, you know, pensions. Where are pensions in the story? So maybe that would be great if you could start with, you know, where, you know, where you are today and and how does it feel to see yourself, uh, you know, 30 years down the line?
4: Well, I think like Vivi, I think I'm in a good place. It seems I've aged gracefully. So I'll thank my mother for her great genes It's interesting, when I was growing up, I always had this goal of retiring early, and that might be because I grew up in the Silicon Valley, and so everyone just kind of starts a business, sells it off, and then they retire early and do whatever they want, and my father always kind of, his dream was to retire early, and my mother has effectively retired early, but interestingly, paradoxically, I... I love working <laughs> as well. So um, my grandmother passed away getting ready for work and I imagine I'll probably be the same. But when I think about my future self, I think about preparing her and for her to look back and thank past Nina for having set her up for a great retirement. Um, and just as Vivi mentioned, you know, living comfortably, the dream retirement is being able to travel and read books and volunteer. And that's pretty much what I will do in retirement. But it's, it's been a journey and I'm still on that journey. In fact, I only really started contributing into a proper pension probably two and a half years ago. And so my pension journey so far has been very short. And a lot of decisions were made along the way, which sometimes I think back on, but do have to do with debt. So like, for example, in my previous job, I actually opted out of the pension because I was trying to pay off my debt and that extra money, having done the calculation at the time, felt more pressing to pay off um, the debt than to contribute to a pension. And I think I did. I remember bargaining with myself. Um, looking into the future. As you say, I don't know who that woman is. Um, I don't know where she's going to be, what she's going to be doing. And right now, the anxiety and well, there's just the mathematics are telling me to, to pay down the debt first. So Lots to chat about, but in short, I'm very excited for retirement.
0: <laughs> and how? So you, you, I mean, you used to be like a you know full time employee, so more, more like Vivian. But now you're launching your business, you're raising money. That's quite a stretch on you know your personal finances. That takes a lot of planning. Um. So how do you you know think about your personal finances more holistically and 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 still you know keep saving if you can or at least you know, don't like spend all your money, but make sure you're prepare so prepared for the long term while building your business and, and stuff like that.
4: Yes, this is something that I think about every day. Um, and I actually just, just told my parents on Sunday that I left my job. I've actually been working on Bloom full time for two months, but was very nervous about telling them because I knew that they would be quite upset. They would kind of say, well, you've got, you know, um, a well-paid job and you're, you know, able to progress and you're able to contribute and you could probably get a pay raise soon. Why on earth would you leave this comfortable life to go take a massive risk? And my mother would not look at me. (laughs) She refused to look at me. She was, I think she was seething a little bit. She's come around since, but um, her biggest uh, worry was, about health insurance, um, because in the US, oftentimes health insurance is tied to your employment. Luckily we have the NHS here, but um, my dad kind of looked at me and said, right, do you have a plan? You know, how how long are you going to give Bloom? Do you have enough savings? What, what have you got in place? And he said, you don't have to tell me, but I hope you've thought about it. And I am his daughter because I did actually think about it quite a bit, and I spent a long time just squirreling away little bits of money here and there to build up a savings pot. But then I also took on a bit of freelance work that is able to help me cover rent and bills while I'm currently fundraising. So I think about things in terms of runway for the business, but also my personal runway. And I've thought about, right. Right now, I don't even have to dip into my savings, which is great. Um, I'm able to use that freelancing money to pay for my bills, for my rent. But then, you know, there's going to be a certain point where I will have to dip into savings, perhaps. And I thought about it from my own risk perspective. How much am I willing to, to go into my savings for? Another thing I think about, especially when you're starting business and when you're starting to fundraise, I think there's been a huge shift in the VC or investor landscape where previously it was expected that kind of as a founder you just don't take a salary, um, you just kind of have to make it work. Maybe you have a spouse that can kind of cover that, or you know you've, you're in a privileged position where you're you have other sources of income, whether family, friends, etc. Um, and for me, I found that. I was very much expecting a lot of VCs and investors to kind of say, you should not take a salary at all. But increasingly I am coming across investors who have been very firm in that you should be paying yourself a living wage. You know, let's not go crazy. You are fundraising in a bootstrap company, but you know, we want you to pay yourself. We want you to be not having to worry about money late at night. You should be worried about building your business, right? And that's something that as someone who will eventually, hopefully hire um, a team, that's something that I definitely want to be mindful of in terms of wanting to set up anyone working with me to be financially healthy and to not be anxious about money because I've been there before. And it is just a terrible feeling to walk around with this like eeyore gray cloud over you and feel like anxious and, and trying to take on extra work here and there just to um, be able to pay off a credit card bill or make it to the end of the month
0: thank you nina and you're also opening up about uh you know repaying debt in one of our podcasts thank you for always you know being so open about uh, you know this money money conversation because that's really important and uh yeah you'll have a final tip a bit later and good luck with bloom nina we can't wait to, uh, to see you um and, and see you raise money. <laughs> And next we have Romy. Hi, Romy. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm well. What an amazing session! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like looking at the timing, and I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, Romy, I think it was. I mean, of course, you had to be part of of this event. But you know, Pension B bee as there has been growing very quickly, and you completely want to change the landscape around around pension. So I wanted to hear your view on a more, you know big picture like what are pensions so maybe starting you always talk about your own personal uh, pension story which is great and then you know what's also behind the the gender pay gap and why this is so important for, for women to think about their pensions please
5: yeah of course I mean I think if anything that you know this session has really highlighted to me how personal money is and how personal pensions are and how personal they can be. And, it, you know, they certainly were for me. I mean, I, I started pension B when I left my, my corporate finance job at Morgan Stanley, and I had to move my money out of the employer's pension fund somewhere else. And I just uncovered this nightmare of, you know, legacy pension providers that don't know how to talk to you thousands of different funds that are impossible to understand and a lot of, you know, complex charging structures and and hidden fees. So after you know, trying to move my money around and talk to advisors who wouldn't call me back and talk to pension providers who didn't seem to know how to speak in plain English. Um, I made, you know, my money move to a platform and, and I just discovered that it was, you know, I'd made a bad decision and I'd chosen a poor product. And so Pension B was set up with that experience in mind, you know, thinking about all of the millions of people who would get these workplace pensions and quite possibly then switch their jobs um, and want to take control of that money and, you know, do something with it. And that's something being prepare themselves for retirement so they can have that security of mind and that, you know, that feeling of control around their personal finances. And so that's really been the journey since 2014. We were now a publicly listed company. We last reported 1.65 billion in assets under administration on behalf of over 80,000 invested customers. And we continue to grow exceptionally rapidly because people really, really do want the sense of control over their money. And I think, you know, as you've highlighted, it's particularly important for women because we are already generally starting off from a position that is disadvantaged relative to our male peers. Um, And so we've said a little bit about, you know, about the gender pension gap. I mean, Emily, you started off by saying that on average, you know, it's, it's around 40%, but actually in some places it can be as high as 60%. Um, and certainly as you progress through your life, it tends to get larger and larger. And there are a lot of reasons why the pension gender gap exists it starts off with the pay gap and the fact that women are paid less per hour than their male counterparts which is of course grossly unfair and we at pension b we wanted to take a look at this and see you know what kind of intervention do we need to have as a society to make sure that women and men wind up with the same pensions in in later life And we'd gotten quite tired of hearing, frankly, that women need to do more because women are already doing a lot. Okay, so women are already working a lot. Women often bear the brunt of child caring and other caring responsibilities. They're seen as the natural carers. And oftentimes that is unpaid work. So I think always saying that women need to do more isn't necessarily going to take us to a place of equality. And so together with, with the team, what we did is we did some research on how do we get to a place where men and women have the same pensions? And actually, the answer is so obvious. It means that men and women need to work equal hours for equal pay. And that's the point that gets you to the same size pension. And what that truly means is that when it comes, you know, to child caring responsibilities. Men need to be doing more and need to be bearing an equal share of the unpaid care work for their families. I I think this approach—you know—we've certainly seen it working in other countries. It's a very common approach in in Sweden, but being more mindful of equality, not only in pay, but also in unpaid work, we ultimately think is the long-term way of closing the gender pay gap and ultimately the gender pension gap. Because if we can get rid of these biases around women as being the automatic carer um, and therefore being always you know, the person who is taking on fewer working hours and therefore you know, getting paid less throughout life, we really need to find a way to make that happen.
0: Yeah. And thanks for being such a you know great activist in, in the space. I know it's harder for, for for single parents, for example, but you know, for example, when when I, you know, I my my babies raise my children. I actually ask my partner to pay into my pension, so there are ways, uh, but it's it's not easy to have uh, obviously this this money conversation. And Romy, I, I also wanted to ask you about okay, you know, there's all these structural issues, but what can we do for ourselves? What are the little things that, you know, will change how much money we have when we retire and we won't be as poor? So how can we actually boost our our pension?
5: Yeah, so our approach at Pension B is always to start with consolidation and to put all of the various pensions that you have from previous jobs into one place so that you can actually see how much it is that you've saved up until this point in time. And that I think gives you a huge sense of control and a huge sense of comfort knowing that you've taken care of that admin because For most of us, those pensions are, you know, packs of paper that are sitting in a drawer that we don't really want to open. So bringing that money together into a new online plan is often a really, really good starting spot. But the most important thing that it helps you achieve, aside from administrative bliss, uh, is that you can then see how much it is that you need to start putting into your pension in order to have a better retirement. Because at the end of the day, pensions are just about, as we've been saying today, future you and funding future you. So once you see how much you've saved today, you can start to use things like our pension calculator at Pension B or other pension calculators or a spreadsheet, if that's what you like to do, to plan for the future. And you can model easily how much an additional contribution of £50 or £100 or £150 will result in in your future bigger pension. The most important thing I would say is realizing that these pension contributions magnify themselves over time so because you're investing and with pensions you're investing for a really really long period of time often you know 20 30 perhaps even 40 years you have the benefit of the returns on those investments coming back into your pension and then being reinvested again and on top of that you have the tax relief from the government so I think that, you know, understanding exactly how things work under the bonnet of your pension can be, you know, can be really, really beneficial because they can encourage you to save, to put in more and to watch your pension grow over time. And I think that ultimately that's really, really motivating. And and finally, you know, what
0: should retirement look like? And and you know, we've talked a little bit about the, the journey of, of pension B, but you know, what what's the new pension world and the new retirement world for you?
5: Yeah, I think the new retirement world is is really about financial freedom and making sure that you know our our mission as as a company is is lived up to. So we exist to make pension simple so that everyone can look forward to to a happy retirement and we've distilled a happy retirement into three components. The first is the very obvious one. It's, you know, it's it's financial freedom because I think it's about having choices about when it is you want to retire, about what it is you want to do in retirement, about, you know, who you want to do it with and, and where. It's about having that financial freedom to make decisions that make you happy. The second part for us is very much about good health and that is mental health. So having peace of mind around your savings, but also good physical health. And, you know, Emma spoke a little bit about what it means to invest in a way that's in line with your values. And that's in line with the type of environment that we want to have in the future, which is, of course, a key component of our future health. And then the final piece for us in terms of a happy retirement is about social inclusion. Uh, and I've spoken a little bit about the research that we've done in particular, you know, for women to make sure that the kind of inclusion and the kind of equality that I think we all want to see in society can become a reality. And so for us, it's it's about, at PensionBee, you know, it's about providing the pension product that gets you to achieve this vision of, of a happy retirement.
0: Thank you so much uh, Romy. and I hope you know that that will help a little bit all of us like think think a bit more about our pensions and and what are the things we can change. So the five of you now that you know you've met your your future self um maybe I can ask you for you know a final tip for everyone and maybe if we start with with Vivian because you were the you know the first one to talk about your your experience.
2: Sure. I would say being laser focused on scaling your disposable income because the more money that comes in, then you can ultimately decide on what you want to do with that. And part of that being contributing more to your pension. Um, And again, I'm always going to harp on about this, but also negotiating your salary. And if you can, trying to make significant increases every two to three years, it's just a rule of thumb that I try and live by. That would be my number one tip.
0: Thank you so much, Vivi. And you've been our, you know, negotiating, negotiation expert at Vespo. We also recorded a podcast together. So I will send that but you're right, like every year go go and ask for, for more money, especially if you have a workplace pension. That's gonna be directly linked to how much money you you exactly. earn. Thank you, Vivi. Thank you so much for, for being here today. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Emma. Hello again. Right, my tip. Um it is it's a bit of a downer one, but it's a good one actually. Ladies, we're talking to an all-lady audience. Sometimes our best-laid plans go wrong, and if you find yourself in a situation down the track where you are getting divorced, please do not ignore your partner's pension. I speak to so many women that are focused on keeping the family home for their children um, and for their need to feel safe, but actually, our pension pots can be as big if not bigger assets um, and so many women give up the right to access their husband's future pension please if you're ever in that situation if you've got friends going through a similar situation do ask them to speak to a uh, a specialist pensions lawyer who can negotiate for your access to that pension in the future because it is huge so didn't want it to be too depressing but it is a real real one that people people forget about, especially if you have been in a situation where you may have been the carer in the family and your partner was the breadwinner. And I use the word husband, it can be partner in any, in any sex. We're often financially worse off as a result of divorces and pensions are a real, real one to focus on.
0: Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for joining today. Thank you. Nina, please, <laughs> if you have a final tip for us.
4: Yeah, my tip is set it and forget it. So this was actually from a ad campaign in the States for I think like a crock pot, (laughs) like a a slow cooker, which was like set it and forget it. But I use it all the time. And I am a huge fan of the economist Richard Thaler, who actually worked with the UK government to do auto enrollment, which is, they were able to enroll like 10 million more people in, in their pensions. But if you set in, you know, a monthly contribution or something, whether that's to a savings or a pension pot, just set it and forget it and just let it sit there. And you can look at it. But as Emily always reminds us, we're investing, we're saving for the long term. So um, I definitely recommend that. <laughs> Thank you, Nina. Thank you so much. And delete your apps on your phone. You
0: don't need to look at your investments every day. Um, You (laughs) you don't need to read the headlines. (laughs) And Romy, finally, if you have a a last tip for us, please.
5: I think for me, the best tip is just to get started. I think a lot of people feel anxious about even getting started. um, And once you start, it will just become a habit. And and, and that's really the most important thing to do.
0: Thank you so much, Romy. Thank you. And that's actually... You know what I try to summarize from today's session for me it's really like start today, you know, check where, where you are, understand your options, pension is one thing. There's also other other financial products. Uh, budget and start saving, organizing your finances. You know, I thought I didn't need to do that while I was working in finance. We all need to think and, you know, sit down and think about our finances, think about future you. Maybe you need to take your photo, uh, you know, 30 years younger. I think it's, you know, it's a nice nice thing to do. It's quite fun. Um, you can show it to, you know, kids and family. Uh, and finally, it's never too early or too late. I know some of you will tell me, yeah, but I'm too old, I'm too young. No, just start today. I think it's going to be the main, the main message so thank you so much for for joining us today one hour is so short i think we could have spent like half a day talking about pensions if you want to you know continue the conversation here is the you know facebook group for Vespod. it's free you can just join us and thank you super nice to see you all thank you to my amazing speakers and yeah hopefully we'll organize another one very soon thank you so much for joining
1: Thank you so much for joining me today on The Wallet. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please do share with a friend or on social media. It also takes two minutes to leave a review or rating on Apple Podcast.
0: And this does really help. Thank you and chat to you next week.